Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Odd 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. What's good? Welcome back to Simpin' After Dark, everyone. It's your girl, Ashley Mendoza, back for another episode of Getting In Our Feelings, talking lyrics, pop culture, dating, relationships, heartbreak, all that good stuff. Last week, I did an episode with Sassy, so make sure to go follow her on TikTok and Instagram. I had a lot of fun on that episode. We talked about a lot of really good topics. So this week, I'm going to be maybe expanding on a few things that I wanted to touch on just a little bit more. Just, you know, when I listen back, I'm like, damn, I should have added this or said that or whatever. And also, I'm going to be touching on a lot of topics that maybe I missed on my last solo episode. So like two, three weeks ago, whenever that was. I had a few people that wanted me to expand more on the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case and I personally just have a lot that I want to say about it so I'm gonna be touching on that. I know it probably feels like this subject is dragged out everywhere like not even on this podcast but just like everywhere. It's all on my fucking FYP on TikTok. It's all over Twitter. It's just honestly insane and I just like need to like say my piece and I hope you guys hear me out all right. As far as the things I didn't get to touch on, um, I wanted to talk about that TikTok where the girl's like trying to uh, act like she likes checking out girls with her boyfriend. And that is not the only time that that sentiment has been expressed by women on social media or just wherever. But it's just kind of like relevant since it's been going around TikTok and Twitter. So I definitely been wanting to talk about that. And then also I'm going to be touching a little bit on the book Attached. I know I didn't get to get into it last time told you guys my brain is scrambled and even though I have like lists and outlines I just I'd be forgetting okay so I'm gonna get into it today but first I do have a song I added it to the simp and after dark playlist on spotify recently so you probably have heard it before the song is called water by Imani Carolyn I believe that's how you say her name and it is such a fucking bop I'm super obsessed with it. it has been on repeat for me lately and she actually does not seem to have a lot a lot of music on spotify at least and she doesn't have too many followers on her socials so um i was surprised because her music is really good she has a few other songs that i like as well she has a song called outside from like 2020 i believe 
And then she has a more recent song that she dropped called Coming Home, which is really good too. But I'm going to be talking about water. It's my favorite and I think you guys will like it. It has some really good topics. So can't wait to get into that. All right, actually, let me go ahead and play a clip of this song before we get into the lyrics. This is Water by Imani Carolyn. Caroline? Sorry. Shut the fuck up by how you miss me. Shut the fuck up by how you need me. I'm only counting the reasons to break away, to step away from you. I got all the proof needed. Okay, so that is a bop. I love it. Her voice is beautiful and I just like like the beat. It's super chill, smooth, really easy to listen to and just get in your feelings about. It's basically to me sounding like it's about her trying to get away from someone that is just not cutting it for her anymore, just wanting to cut the ties and let it go and move on. But it seems like the other person doesn't want the same thing at all like she says shut the fuck up about how you miss me i love that for her because she seems fed up and she's just like no more sympathy bye like get out of my life basically i'm sure we've all been there right so she says give me six feet baby making things too deep it's not what it seems no need for any heat but best believe i just want to be free from you i just want to separate from you She said, no need for any heat. So she's not trying to make it a big old blowout, any drama. She's not trying to like have one last talk to be like, hey, this is why I don't want to be with you or have any fights or discussions, right? She's just like, let's let this end peacefully. Like there is no need to be doing any more back and forth. Just let it go. And that's when you know someone is fed the fuck up is when they're not trying to have any more blowouts. Like when they just want to let it go and they're like, all right, like, please, please. They don't want to talk about it anymore. That's when you know, like you blew all your chances with them and they're just over it. Like they're choosing peace at that point and they want you to choose peace too. Like you should both be choosing yourselves before it gets to like a big blowout and fighting and screaming and crying. Because that shit is so annoying when you're trying to break up and like how she says, baby, making things too deep. It's not what it seems like when you're trying to just end it and they're just trying to like read into every little thing to try to like drag out the conversation. It's like, no, it's not even that. Like, please just let it go. Stop reading into things to find another problem. Because I feel like when people do that, it's because they want to keep you around. They want to keep the conversation going. So they're looking for anything to just like keep kind of baiting you to continue it instead of just letting it go so you can't even feed into that shit when people are like trying to be like oh well it must be this i feel like guys love to be like oh well you must be talking to someone else right it's like no like you could just accept someone doesn't want to be with you anymore without thinking it's because of someone else it's so manipulative because they just want you to react and try to defend yourself they probably don't even believe that they just are trying to continue that conversation and reel you back in So she says, I just want to separate from you to keep a clear head. Always got me fed up. I need some peace and quiet. Always gotta fuck it up. You wildin' so I'm fallin' back. Damn, take a minute. Can you relax? 
<laughs> so she is very clearly over it. It's so funny. And then she just says, shut the fuck up about how you miss me. Shut the fuck up about how you need me. Because they always love to say how much they miss you and need you when it's too fucking late. Like, don't you get tired? Don't y'all just ever come up with a new tactic? It's so manipulative. So I love that she's just brushing him off. And then she says, I'm only counting the reasons to break away, to step away from you. I got all the proof needed. And that's so shitty to be at a point where you're only counting all the bad things to try to, like, escape the relationship. Because if everything's chill and, like, there's effort from everyone on all sides and it's all good, then you don't really see the bad things. Like, you kind of let them slide. I feel like when it's all good, you appreciate the good things more. And then, like, the things that aren't really up to par, you kind of see it more as, like, hey... We can work on it. We can work through it. It's not a big deal. I still love you, right? So if you're with someone and all they see is the bad, it's probably because at that point, it's just fucking annoying. It's all fucking bad. And their sympathy is just kind of out the window at that point. Like, it's sad to let it get to that point where someone can no longer try to look at the good things to balance out the bad. That just means that the cons are outweighing the pros pretty much is what it is at that point which is definitely time to cut it off. Like, I promise you, if you are taking care of your girl or vice versa, this can go either way. But if somebody feels loved and respected and taken care of, they're going to let a lot of shit slide. You know, as long as it's not like blatant disrespect or like making them look stupid, they're going to let shit slide. They're going to understand that it takes time to like become the perfect quote unquote person. They're going to be patient. But that's only if it's worth it. So if someone's just like, you know, no more sympathy for your bullshit, that's because it has now become no longer worth it. They value their peace more at this time, even if they know that it's going to suck and they're going to have to like go through the heartbreak of letting you go and all that. But they'd rather just quickly get to the peace than keep that shit going. And sometimes if you realize like, damn, like it's been all this time of like, This shit not working of them continuously fucking up, like she says, always gotta fuck it up. Sometimes you realize, like, it probably would take a shorter amount of time to break this off and for me to heal and feel better than it would take for this person to get their shit together and make me happy and make it so that this relationship's pros outweigh the cons again. So that's a shitty position to be in. But I love that she's just putting herself first and just ready to let it go. And she says, there's something in the water. Got him diving deep. Ain't fucking with this water. No, it ain't that deep. So that's when you know it's not you. Like, if it feels like there's something in the water, they keep coming back. Like, keep trying to dive in. Like, they won't let it go. You're just like, bye. Like, this is done. And they keep coming back. That's because they know that they're fucking up and they're trying to get more chances out of you. Because they wouldn't be trying to dive in your water if there wasn't something about you. And she says, can you let me breathe? Got me begging, please. Trying to let you down with ease. No need for apologies. No best believe I ain't one to please. Baby, I ain't the enemy. Before you go and pin that shit on me. I already told you how it's gonna be. So immature people, when you try to break up with them for your valid reasons, they will always try to flip it on you and make it seem like you're the enemy and you're the worst and be like, oh, it's somebody else. Like, they'll always do and say whatever they need to say to themselves 
to get themselves off the hook and to just dodge all the accountability because that makes it easier for them to cope. They'd rather be like, nah, it's you, like you're the enemy rather than accept that they fucked up and own up to their shit. But when you realize that, all you can do is kind of just laugh and kind of feel bad pretty much. Like you do kind of pity them because it's like that must suck to have no self-awareness and to not be able to own your shit. Because I think eventually you do realize and like I feel like everyone goes through that. Like I've been through that. It's not like a man or woman or whoever thing. It's just sometimes it's hard to own up that you fucked up and that you had shit to deal with, whatever it is. So hopefully if you're the one that's dealing with someone that's like trying to accuse you of being the enemy and the bad guy when it's not like that, hopefully you know that it's just like a way to cope and that it's not actually you. It's just them trying to deal with this in a way that's not gonna make them feel as shitty as they would be feeling if they just acknowledged it. And I love that she says no need for apologies because she's just so over it at that point. And like, I've been there too, where like, you know, at one point you want an apology, but then when it gets to like, you're having to beg for the apology or like tell them exactly how to apologize. And it's just all the time. It's just like, keep, keep your apology. Like at this point, like it really means nothing. It really wouldn't make me feel better. You know, it's just so disappointing. And just not even worth it. Like apologies are only solid if they're genuine and upfront. Like if it's going to take days to apologize, like keep it. And then she says, shut the fuck up about how you love me. Shut the fuck up about how you hurting. I don't need your company, so stay away. I ain't playing games with you. I got all the reasons needed. So once again, she has all her reasons. And she previously mentioned that she has all the proof. Like there's no going back on that like when you sit there and have all the proof and you have like shown yourself that you're in the right there's really nothing that can be said so don't push someone until the point where like they're no longer gonna play games you know if you treat relationships or a relationship like it's a game someone is gonna lose you know instead of being mature about it and like realizing you're on the same team you know if you want it to be a game you should be on the same team like you shouldn't be opposing each other because if you're on the same team you work through it together and like the ultimate goal is for like both of you to come out on top even if that requires difficult discussions and growing and taking accountability at the end of the day it's best for both of you and it's going to be a give and take and some days you're going to be right and they're going to be wrong and then other days it's the other way around but as long as you're like on the same team it's all good when you're treating it as a game where it's like one versus one and you're trying to come out on top every single time, that ain't the way. You're going to come out losing in that situation or they might come out losing, but like what? Like, is that the satisfaction you wanted? Like you just wanted to win so you could win and like now the relationship's ruined, you know? That shit just does not sound fun to me. Or like my favorite with apologies is when they try to like set a condition. Like, okay, I'll apologize, but only if you admit this or do it. Like what? You're putting a condition on the apology like that just shows that you don't even mean it like you're just gonna like blatantly show that you are only gonna apologize say these words if I do this that is so fucked up and like people don't realize like how fucked up it is like for someone to say those words out loud 
That's because they don't realize it. And if someone can't even realize how fucked up that is, that means they have so much work to do. Like they are so far behind in terms of emotional intelligence and like accountability and self-awareness. And that shit can be so discouraging. When you see like how far behind someone is in terms of all of that, it can be truly just like, damn. Because not only do you have to deal with like the situation, now you have to deal with like the emotional labor of trying to educate them on things. And like that can take a lot. That takes someone that's very patient and someone that loves you very much. But at the same time, if it's like happening all the time, it's not even worth it. And like bless that person for being patient with you, but they shouldn't have to be doing all that. Like you should be doing that work for yourself. That's not fair to someone because that's like it takes a toll. It's exhausting to have to be like teaching someone these things all the time. Like people get paid to do this and it's like so unfair for someone to be doing that shit for free. It's draining. And when I say for free, I mean like they're getting nothing in return. If you're like having to explain shit that's basic all the time, you're getting nothing back. So that's what I mean by for free, by the way. Like it's just not worth it. So yeah, go check out Imani Carolyn. It's all one word, I-M-A-N-I. Um, it's on the Simpin' After Dark playlist on Spotify, so you can listen to it there. And I don't have like an Apple playlist or anything yet, but maybe eventually. I just don't want to pay for like multiple streaming services, you know? But we'll see. This season is coming to an end soon, guys. I'm doing 15 episodes. So I got two more after this. I have a guest next week. And then I have guests for the final episode as well. But yeah, I'm going to take the time off to just try to like step up the podcast and look for like sponsors or ad placements or anything like that. So if anyone knows about things like that, reach out to me. I would love some help. I do this podcast pretty much all by myself. If you guys have any advice for me, I would appreciate it because I want to continue to do this, but it is a lot of labor on my end and I would love just any help or advice or information on that. Appreciate y'all. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right.
right, so that is pretty much it for the, you know, getting into these lyrics portion of the episode. And now we got a whole list of shit to get into. Where do I even begin? All right, um, I'm gonna start off with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard shit because I really just want to get it out of the way. Um, to be honest, it kind of terrifies me to talk about this, seeing how like Johnny Depp's stands are treating all of this. But I mean, I kind of already gave my opinion very briefly. So you guys know how I feel. That's still kind of my angle. But I hope you guys hear me out because if Because I'm sure there are listeners that are like hashtag justice for Johnny people just based on like the amount of content out there that is like that. I know like one of you guys listening is probably like already like, fuck you. Hopefully not. I mean, I hope you guys are all open minded, you know, and I'm not like here to say that he wasn't abused or that he shouldn't get justice or whatever that is. So let me make that clear from jump. And I'm also not here to say that Amber Heard is a completely innocent victim either. So with all that, hear me out. What I do want to really talk about is the freaking fans, the Johnny Depp supporters, how scary it is the way that they are acting like it's absolutely not normal people are treating this like it is a series on netflix and like the way they live tweet it and talk about all these characters like there are people trying to ship johnny and his lawyer she's in a relationship and she's his lawyer that's just like completely unprofessional and like people are really treating this like it's like vampire diaries or something i don't know why i said that show i've never seen it it just pops in my head just the way that people you know like twilight people like ship certain characters or just like have fan fiction like that's the way people are treating this it's not normal and there's just like so much like oh my god like to me my biggest concern is the infantilization of johnny depp The way people are just like, oh, Johnny, Johnny, poor Johnny. He is a grown man, nearly twice her age, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I know she was like 21 or 22 when they first started dating and he was well into his 40s or something and had so many more years in the industry on her and just money, like he's richer than her, okay? So when we talk about abuse, I'm not saying that men are never abused or that that's not possible for men to be abused. But in terms of like power, because abuse does have to do with power, it is a power thing. Johnny has age on her, money, recognition in the industry, connections. He has all that on her. I'm not saying that she was like the victim and he is the abuser. I'm saying if you look at it, he has a history of alcohol and drug abuse. She clearly looks like she's into coke or whatever it is. If you put those two things together, it seems like a very toxic situation. There was a girl on TikTok. Her TikTok name is underscore bandula underscore B-A-N-D-O-O-L-A. She made a really good video about it. And she kind of pointed out that thing about like, you know, if you got, she said, if you got a cokehead and an alcoholic, like that's just not a good combo. And that might sound insensitive to say, but like people need to stop acting like it's only him. 
And, like, that's my thing for Johnny's supporters. They act like he is a complete innocent victim and Amber is, like, this evil villain. Whereas everyone that I see kind of standing up for Amber is kind of acknowledging that it's both of them. You know, there are a few people that are like, no, she's completely innocent. I stand with Amber, whatever. That's not what I'm advocating for here at all. I'm just advocating for people to be a little less biased and to just take off the goggles. If you just like stop engaging with only pro Johnny videos, you will start seeing videos that kind of show both sides. I'm just saying to like get a bigger picture on this situation, like you need to stop going down that rabbit hole. It's not healthy. It's really sad for women victims, like not just, I'm not talking about Amber, but I'm talking about like real life people that you may know, like seeing the content that you may be liking. I've seen girls make TikToks and share the TikToks on Twitter and like them. And it's sad. Videos of women recreating the bruises that Amber had for her proof or whatever. Like, that shit is insane to me, and if you don't see how that's setting back women, then I don't know what to tell you, but I know domestic violence in general is kind of hard to even document and prove in court, and especially seeing now the way people are picking apart every single piece of proof that Amber Heard has, but then believing everything that Johnny Depp has, it's so unbalanced so biased like i've legit seen people talking about like oh like why can't amber heard just say yes or no when they ask her a question on the stand i'm pretty sure they are advised not to just say yes or no and if you look at when johnny testified he also was not just saying yes or no so why are you picking only one to scrutinize and then i saw people like Oh my god, why is she trying to be funny and sarcastic on the stand? Like, nobody even laughed. Like, <laughs> like this isn't an entertainment show. She's not there to make anyone laugh. But then when Johnny does it, everyone's like, oh my god, he's so funny. And then there's all these video compilations of, like, Johnny being savage in court and Johnny being hilarious and everybody loving Johnny. And it's, everyone is, like, acting so crazy and biased And you can't praise him for doing one thing and then shit on her for doing another. You know, like, he lost his case in the UK. So, I mean, there's that. And my biggest problem with this is the way people treat Amber and, like, are just trying to completely just bury her. It's like a witch hunt. And it seems like it is because she's not the perfect victim. Like, I think they want to see pictures of her beaten black and blue. In order to believe her and they want her to have been like somebody that just didn't fight back or anything like that like that quote that went around that like popped off where it's like the recording of her saying like oh yeah tell tell them i johnny depp am a victim of domestic violence or whatever and uh see if they believe you everyone's leaving out the point where she said see if they think it's a fair fight or whatever And why I want to focus on that is because she's pretty much saying with that, see if it's a fair fight, see if they believe it was a fair fight, that it was mutual. Like they both went at each other in different ways, whether it was emotionally or whatnot. And once again, a reminder, I'm not saying she's perfectly innocent. I'm just saying she's not the perfect victim. Like I could believe that she's manipulative and was emotionally abusive, 
but he has a history of that as well and there are pictures of her with bruises or whatever whether people want to think she faked it or not you know people are trying to act like she's the fucking girl from gone girl like she planned all this out makes no sense it's just such a huge reach like johnny depp's team i feel like their angle is that like every time she texted someone when there was something that happened that's part of like her proof and their angle is that she was lying the whole time just to like set this all up to blame him in the end like some gone girl shit like i just want everyone to think more logically it's such like herd mentality right now it's scary and i know people are gonna look back and be like well whoops maybe we should not have came that hard for her or against her or whatever but yeah this whole idea of a perfect victim there is no such thing like just think about like maybe like one of your girlfriends someone that you know that if they were to like get into it with their boyfriend like physical altercation if she were to fight back and if she were to get caught on a recording talking shit talking crazy like yeah i hit him like blah 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 like fuck him he deserved it would you want her to be treated the same way or do you realize that that is probably a normal reaction of someone that has been through some crazy traumatic shit you know like no one is a perfect victim some people fight back and there are a lot of drugs and alcohol involved so i don't get why people are like acting like this they are completely just like ripping apart her humanity it feels like and if you look at like who people surround themselves with like if you see a man has friends that are also abusers or just bad people you're probably gonna assume that he's not a good person right Johnny Depp is friends with Marilyn Manson, who, if you were not aware of, was dating Evan Rachel Woods. I think he groomed her, met her when she was like a teen. And I know a documentary, I believe, just recently came out about the relationship. She put out a statement about how he abused the shit out of her for years. And now he's trying to sue Evan Rachel Woods for defamation, trying to say that she lied and all this shit now. Like, if people don't notice what is about to start happening, like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell people. It's really sad. It's fucking scary. And if he is friends with Marilyn Manson who did all that, do you really think he's such a good person? Because to me, good people like that don't associate themselves with abusers. And to me, it's not really about like protecting men or giving a shit about male victims. Because I don't remember seeing when like Brendan Fraser or Terry Crews came out about being assaulted or victims of abuse. I didn't see all these stan accounts coming out for them to stand up to the men that did these things to them. It seems more like it's women haters that are out here just trying to like drag down all women and their credibility in general. Because if people actually cared about male victims then why don't, like, none of them come out of the woodworks when it's, like, a man that was a victim at the hands of another man, you know? Like, there's just so many possible scenarios that this whole situation could be, and people just want to, like, think that she's an evil villain and it's, like, poor Johnny, and it's not like that at all. Nobody really knows, and it's just so unfair how people just believe everything he says and just puts everything she says under a microscope to rip it apart. And I keep thinking back to like Rihanna and Chris Brown, you know, she had pictures and filed a police report. She was beaten black and blue. Her face was fucked up. And even then there was people that used the freaking fact that Rihanna ended up saying that she hit Chris Brown too, or that she was like 
abusive too. Do not quote me on that. I don't know if she said she was abusive or if she said she kind of like would fight him or like swing at him or whatever it was. People used that to like make it okay, like for the way that he beat the fuck out of her. To me, like if a woman is acting abusive like that, trying to swing on a man, he can easily overpower her, just like hold her arms down, like throw her to the ground or whatever and walk away. There is no reason for a man to like punch a woman in the face like that repeatedly because men in general can overpower women. And I'm talking about in situations where clearly they can, like Johnny Depp, like Chris Brown, like, okay, it's not like these women are three times their size and weight. So once again, back to the whole fair fight thing. I think it was a mutual thing. It's complex as fuck. And I'm just like so scared for everyone being brainwashed, it seems, the way they're acting about this. Like, just try to stop like feeding into it. I get it's entertainment to everybody and like they think it's a TV show, but this is real life. It should have never been televised. And it must be so fucked up to watch all this as a woman that has gone through this or has been an actual victim of domestic violence. Like it has got to be so shitty to see people's reactions to Amber Heard. Like for them to have to think now like, well, damn, one time I fought back or like there are there's text messages of me like talking crazy to him. Like, damn, maybe I can't come forward now because I said crazy shit or I fought back one time. I'm not the perfect victim. Therefore, I'm going to be dismissed. And this case is going to set a huge precedent for that. So just think about that, especially women. You know, I expect it from men. I do. But like from women, I just want you to like free yourself from the claws of having to absolve this man. He's not this innocent little boy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, I had like a million screenshots of shit that I wanted to read, but... I think I just like decided I don't want to do all that because it would take too much time. And I just like my point is not to make him seem like he's like the worst one or like the villain. 
I'm not trying to put him in the position that Amber is in right now in terms of like the public eye. But there is just this one thing that I do want to read because like people are trying to act like he's like this innocent little victim, right? It is a text message from Johnny Depp to Christian Carino, who I believe was his agent or something like that from like 2016. So when they were getting divorced. So I'm not sure if this is after he found out that she was dating Elon Musk or whatever. I'm not sure if they were divorced or not. It really doesn't matter. Just listen. So he, Johnny Depp texts Christian. She's begging for total global humiliation. She's going to get it. I'm going to need your text about San Francisco, brother. I'm even sorry to ask. But she sucked mollusks, crooked dick. And then in like brackets, it says, I assume a reference to Elon Musk. And he gave her some shitty lawyers. I have no mercy, no fear, and not an ounce of emotion or what I once thought was love for this gold-digging, low-level, dime-a-dozen, mushy, pointless, dangling, overused, flappy fish market. I'm so fucking happy she wants to fight this out. She will hit the wall hard. And I cannot wait to have this waste of cum guzzler out of my life. I met fucking sublime little Russian here, which makes me realize the time I blew on that 50 cent stripper. I wouldn't touch her with a goddamn glove. I can only hope that karma kicks in and takes the gift of breath from her. Sorry, man, but now I will stop at nothing. Let's see if Mollusk has a pair. Come see me face to face. I'll show him things he's never seen before, like the other side of his dick when I slice it off. And like, okay. I get it if you find out that, like, either you were cheated on or if, like, your person that you're getting divorced with or are divorced to, that if they're, like, dating someone new. I understand that there would be a lot of anger behind that, but the way that he is talking is just, like, all this language is just laced in blatant misogyny and there is no way that he is, like, an innocent little victim. Like, I can only imagine the shit he would say if he was intoxicated and fighting with amber like that is those it just gives big abuse energy that is no way to speak about a woman that you were married to like if you speak about someone that you were married to like that like there is no respect at all like no matter how things end like out of all the things you could say like this language is just really fucking crazy to me so that's the only thing i'm gonna read yeah I could go on, but I think that is enough of that. I hope I didn't run anyone away. But uh, yeah, on to another topic. Like, I hope that's the last time I have to talk about it. But we'll see as the case goes on. And she's countersuing him now. So I don't know if she's only able to countersue if, like, he doesn't win or how that all works. But I just feel like this is not going to be over for a minute. I'm scared. All right, switching it up to a more lighthearted topic, but not really. So I wanted to talk about that TikTok of that girl. She's sitting on a bench with her boyfriend, right? And then a girl walks by with like a fat ass, like that thing is banging. And they both kind of just like stare at her ass, break their neck. And then they look at her or they look at each other and just kind of like dap it up and like, are like, you know, like, damn, my ass is fat, whatever. And there's just layers to this, okay? Because first of all, there's girls in the comment like, hey, that's me. Like, I don't know what about that anyone would think is respectable. It's not. It's embarrassing. It's just, it's the pick-me-ism. It's, it's these girls that are scared to stand up to a man because they think they'll lose him. Or like, 
they're scared that if they say they don't like it, he'll be like, okay, my bad. And then he's going to do it in front of them. You know, I feel like girls would rather act like they're in on it than accept that their boyfriend is kind of a piece of shit and doesn't respect them. Like there is such a huge difference between like acknowledging that other people are attractive and acting like that, like breaking your neck, like making other women feel uncomfortable in public. There's such a huge difference. And I'm sick of everyone being like, well, we just know that other people are attractive. So, you know, we're just going to do that. And then the girl's talking about like, well, I'm bi, so I like girls too. So like, blah, blah, blah. We look at girls together. Okay. If you are bi and your man doesn't care if you're checking out girls in front of him, that means that he does not validate your sexuality. Because if you were to check out other men in front of him, would he react the same way? I fucking doubt it. You know why? Because he actually feels threatened by a man, whereas he doesn't by a woman. Because he actually doesn't think that you like girls. Or he doesn't think that a woman-woman relationship is valid. And like for girls that aren't bi, but they're just like, oh, we just like to check out attractive girls together. Like, baby, if he's not going to check out dudes with you... The, there's nothing fair about that. There's nothing cute about there's nothing cute about that, okay? So until I'm seeing videos of men break their neck looking at dick prints or just staring at men with their girls, like cut it out. It's embarrassing. It's just you're just you're setting us back. Stop trying to be the cool girlfriend, okay? Like you're never gonna be the cool girlfriend. Stop it. But yeah, I mean, like, especially like the whole thing with like breaking your neck to check out a girl in public with your guy, like, it's just making the other person uncomfortable. That's just not the way to go about it. Like, if you like to point out people like, oh, look, she's so pretty or whatever, like, that's one thing to each their own. I would never do that because if my man were to be like, oh, yeah, she is, I would just be hurt and that would be my own fault. I would be inviting that and I would never want to invite that. So (laughs) that's just me, but not everyone is as jealous as me, I guess, whatever. But there are ways to go about like checking out other people and being respectful about it. You know, like that TikTok was just weird as fuck and just really pick me-ish. All right. So, um, okay, let's see. Per the last episode, one thing that I wanted to touch on when we were asking or when we were talking about giving a man your best year, Sassy asked me like what that kind of means to me. I gave my example or whatever, and it mostly just had to do with Twitter. And it was just an example that I already had and wanted to talk about. But something that I didn't talk about that I remembered now was like actual real life scenarios, right? Like of real people that I know. And like, it's crazy because this is just based on like a couple people from my past. And like, that's just me. So like, there has to be so many fucking examples of this, right? So I had like friends from when I was younger. And this was two friends where their moms were both divorced. And the reason they got divorced was because the husband was cheating on them with a woman from their work that was like younger after their wife had gave them two or three children or whatever. That happened to two people that I know. And it was so sad. Like, I remember specifically one of them, but both of them were like still so fucking sad about it. Like, years later. Like, 10 years maybe plus later like and it would make me so sad I remember one of them like the mom like she like wasn't really dating still 
And she was so sad. Like, she would just get drunk and, like, cry about him, like, till that day. Like, it broke my heart. I felt so bad for her. And, like, the husband was just off living his life with his new younger wife after she gave him her best years, quote-unquote, you know? Because, like, for a man, like, look, like, he went and found a younger woman. He was fine, started a new life. Whereas, like, an older woman with kids, now you're seen as, like, less valuable because freaking men are misogynistic. Now you have kids and, like, you're the prime caretaker of these children. You take care of them. They live with you. Like, you don't really have time for dating. It's harder. You have to sustain yourself now, like, in your career and raise these kids, you know? So it's harder to, like, find someone as a woman than a man. So, like, that's what I'm talking about in terms of giving a man your best years. Like, that is so shitty. And it happens all the fucking time. So I just wanted to bring that up because I'm sure you guys can think of someone that went through the same thing. And it's so sad to see. All right. So now I wanted to talk about, um, I have, like, a list of things from the book Attached that I wanted to talk about. But... I'll probably just like talk about one thing and then like try to bring a couple other things up on the next few episodes. I wanted to talk about something called like a secure base and I may have talked about it before um, just because I've talked about attachment styles so who knows but I'm gonna like read directly from the book for this. So um, in this book they kind of compare the dependency and like attachment that a child has with their mother a lot to how people depend on each other in relationships. So when they talk about a secure base for babies, it's like, you know, like their mom and like knowing that like no matter what happens, like their mom is going to be there. Like there was that test where they would see how the baby acted when the mom left the room. And then depending on their attachment style, they would act differently. Like some of the babies would freak the fuck out, cry the whole time, where that's kind of like an anxious attachment style. And then there was like avoidant where like the mom would leave And then when she would come back, they would just kind of act like they don't care. So just try to, like, act, like, independent and, like, they're not hurt. Versus, like, a secure baby would have fun, like, because they knew their mom was going to come back. Like, they weren't worrying about it. And it's not to say that in, like, the anxious attachment baby that the mom wasn't going to come back. Like, a lot of it is environment and, like, they do develop these attachment styles because of that. But a lot of it is just, like, the way your brain is. And it could be little things that don't make sense. Like, yeah, like something made you think that your mom's not going to come back, but it wasn't like it was this evil thing or like your mom was trying to like ditch you forever. Like it was just like a isolated incident that really stuck with you and just like your brain blew it out of proportion, you know? So when it comes to like babies and relationships, it's not to blame the other person, but it's like just understanding some people's brains work a certain way and like that's just their attachment style. And yeah, they need to work through it, but it's just really good to be aware about it. So in terms of a secure base, like a baby, like they they know that their mom is going to be there. So like they're just okay being in the world. They're more carefree and like more likely to just be okay exploring the area and making friends and trying new things because they know they have a secure base to fall back on that's going to be there for them no matter what. And this definitely transfers over to adult relationships. If you have a secure base, it's going to allow you to just be free in the world and be more creative and be more ambitious and just more impulsive in a good way to try out things without being scared. If you have something to fall back on, someone that's going to be there and supports you and believes in you, then you're more likely to go after your goals and like dream bigger pretty much. So um, in the book attached, it says, 
The question is, what happens when the person we rely on most, and in fact depend on emotionally and physically, doesn't fulfill his or her attachment role? After all, our brain assigns our partner the task of being our secure base, the person we use as an emotional anchor and a safe haven, the one we turn to in time of need. We are programmed to seek their emotional availability, but what if they aren't consistently available? And then later it says, not only is our emotional well-being sacrificed when we are in a romantic partnership with someone who doesn't provide a secure base, but so is our physical health. It seems then that our partners powerfully affect our ability to thrive in the world. There is no way around that. Not only do they influence how we feel about ourselves, but also the degree to which we believe in ourselves and whether we will attempt to achieve our hopes and dreams. Having a partner who fulfills our intrinsic attachment needs and feels comfortable acting as a secure base and safe haven can help us remain emotionally and physically healthier and live longer. Having a partner who is inconsistently available or supportive can be a truly demoralizing and debilitating experience that can literally stunt our growth and stymie our health. So damn, being with someone that is not there for you emotionally, that is not your secure base, is literally bad for your health and it will literally ruin your life. It says it right here. Like... You're not going to be able to go after your goals and dreams if you don't feel supported by someone. And it's just science. It's our brains, okay? Like, it's normal. We are wired to want to attach ourselves to somebody and not in a, like, unhealthy, codependent way. But, like, it is natural to be codependent. Like, that is how humans evolved to survive, you know? Like, it's not bad. So, literally, the book says, if you are with someone that tries to, like, make you feel bad for wanting to be able to rely on them then like you're not going to thrive in life. Once again, not in an unhealthy attachment way, but you should be able to go out into the world. You should be able to talk about your goals and dreams with someone that you love without them like making you feel stupid about it. I don't know if I have talked about this on here. It's one of those things that's like a core memory for me and like I talk about it in my head. So like I'm not sure if I talked about it on the podcast or like in one of my fake interviews that I have in my car when I'm driving. Like, one of my ex-boyfriends, that just, like, caused me a lot of my relationship trauma. I remember one time, I, like, thought we were having, like, a cute, deep combo, and he was like, oh, so, like, what do you, like, want to be? Like, what is, like, your, like, dream, you know? And I was just like, oh, um, I always thought it would be, like, cool to, like, be a singer, you know? Like, that would be, like, so dope. And, oh my god, you guys, the way he laughed, like, he was like... (laughs) Okay, but, like, being serious, though, like, you're not going to be a singer. Like, not everyone can be a singer. He basically was just like, oh, yeah, like, not everyone makes it as a singer, but, like, be serious. Like, what do you really want to be, like, a teacher or a nurse? Or I was like, oh, my bad. Like, I thought we were talking about, like, hopes and dreams. And, like, I didn't even, I did not break up with him then. I did not have the knowledge then that I have now. And that was one of the most horrible relationships of my life. But, like, looking back now, I'm like, damn, like, he was not a secure base. Like, he literally laughed in my face when I talked about my goals and my dreams. And, like, looking back, my mentality back then, it really just, like, narrowed, like, my vision for my future. It, like, narrowed it down to, like, where I didn't want to say anything too ambitious or be too ambitious, you know? Because if someone laughs at you about something like that, then you don't even feel comfortable saying anything out loud where it's like, I want to do this, like whatever, open a business or anything ambitious at all. You know, you don't feel safe. Like if they're like, um, if you think they're going to laugh at you, then you definitely don't think they're going to support you. And you should be with someone that's going to support you 
and believes in all your dreams, you know, someone that pushes you and that helps you realize those dreams. That's like, oh, here, like you should read this or like, oh, I saw this and it reminded me that you wanted to do this. So like you should like look into this, whatever it is, you know, a secure base is so important. And that's why I really wanted to share that from this book, because you should not feel ashamed about wanting to have someone that makes you like excited for the future and that makes you feel like you could achieve anything in the world you know all right y'all that is it for the episode that was all my topics i wanted to talk about i hope no one is mad at me about the johnny depp amber heard shit like please just be open-minded just like i said just stop engaging with shit we all know how the algorithm works if you keep engaging with something it's just gonna be confirmation bias and you're going to be flooded with more content that fits like your narrative in your head i too was a johnny stan at the beginning until i stepped back and was like wait let's think logically here okay so you know it's okay to realize and like step back all right next week i have a special guest and um watch the ultimatum because we're going to be talking about the ultimatum i'm pretty sure like everyone has seen it by now and i've like brought it up like a little bit like throughout the last few episodes but next week i have a guest and we're going to be getting into it i'm like really interested in getting into the dynamics of all the couples and then i'm also super interested in seeing like who's everyone's favorite characters and who they hated because i'm not gonna lie i saw so much hate for certain characters and then i watched it and then i was like we are gonna like them But um, it's interesting. So next week, I've got a guest. We're going to talk about that. So catch up on it if you don't want spoilers. I don't know how you haven't watched it by now. But if you haven't, you got a week to catch up, all right? Make sure to go to Wild7 Studios on YouTube. Subscribe and check out any of the videos I have so far from previous episodes. And I'm going to work on getting a lot more recent videos up when I wrap this season up. Once again, I got two more episodes after this one. It's going to be another 15 episode season shit kind of flew the fuck by it's crazy follow me on tiktok instagram and twitter at simpin after dark hit me up with your thoughts about anything i talked about or anything that you want me to get into in the future and i'll see you guys next time bye